Hello everyone, I'm Colin Tess of Wrestling.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good, good to be back. I haven't done a Raw for, well it's been a couple weeks, but it feels like it's been a month or so, because uh, yeah. I was obviously in Buffalo last week, right? Uh, and then kind of back on the road, because I do not have any more Raws on the radar for a few months, so good to be back. There you go. Obviously, a, a very hectic time, WrestleMania season. Now in the rearview mirror, as I said before, a very welcome uh, return to normalcy in that way. Back to the the usual routine here, and again, a good way, a good way. Raw, NXT, SmackDown, and you know some events here and there, but obviously, many a week, very very crazy. But here we are, post Mania season. You know, kind of uh, the the re- reestablishing, you know, the new season of things here. We're going to see right off the bat saying a decent Raw this week. Now, John, we are a couple weeks removed from WrestleMania, and this Raw felt more like the Raw after WrestleMania than the Raw after WrestleMania. This one was, I think, what many people wanted uh, the night after WrestleMania, if not surprise returns, you know, somewhere leaked, but at least on paper, surprise returns, you know, big moments, uh, you know, and not not to say that the, the Raw for Mania was entirely bad, but this is what people really want. Eddie as well here saying it was a good Raw. Joseph as well. People seem to be pretty darn happy here um, right off the bat. And I would agree, you know, there's definitely some stuff to kind of be excited about. We'll talk all about that. Uh, but I guess right off the bat, should point out today, uh, April 25th, marks the 20th anniversary of Randy Orton's WWE TV debut. Boy, is that crazy. Time flies. Uh, and I do just want to take at least even, even a minute just to acknowledge that, to ask the, the viewers out there, you know, a favorite Randy Orton memories, anything you want to kind of put out there about him. And I'll ask you the same, the same, John. I mean, Randy Orton, obviously uh, a top star, uh, to, to say the least, a guy that's been there for the duration of his career. And he's repeatedly said he's not going to go anywhere. So he very much could be kind of, and even said in an interview the other day, like like the Undertaker, a guy that doesn't go anywhere. That's going to be a WWE lifer uh, to a T. So, you know, with that in mind, as a longtime fan, just any uh, any thoughts about Randy Orton's 20th anniversary here? Um, I he was one of the guys when I first started watching. Uh, that was when he was doing the Legend Killer stuff, the kick to the face, like the best heel in the company. So that's kind of the first uh, that I was uh, acquainted to him with. I had never seen him as a face until uh, it was like after, I don't even remember when it was, maybe the Apex Predator stuff or the Viper, I'm not sure. But um, I think he plays both roles to perfection. Uh, I don't necessarily feel that he's better one way or the other, but I thought that the way they showed the video package, it did a pretty good job of kind of highlighting all of his top moments from the last two decades. Uh, there's been so many that it could have been very hard to pick and choose, and I think they did a pretty good job of kind of bringing out the pieces like the money in the banks, the Royal rumbles, the titles, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then they kind of went through all of his gimmicks with the legend killer, apex predator, Viper, RK bro, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, I thought that was very well. And then as far as the opening, uh, segment itself goes, which was basically dedicated to Orton, uh, it started out. Okay. But then it got, it felt a little crowded after a while. So, uh, you had Ezekiel come in, which I thought, uh, this is kind of odd. And then at that point, I thought it was pretty obvious that they were just trying to pretty much uh, do one of these things where they shove multiple storylines into one segment. And I think you got the idea after a while that this was going to lead to a big tag match, which it did, uh, a four-on-four tag match. Four or eight very good competitors. Uh, I'm sorry, but Ezekiel fought a little out of place, but it makes sense given the story he's in. Uh, I'm not really sure who else they could have substituted into that equation. 
uh, but to have everybody at ringside kind of like legitimately clapping like uh, the likes of Theory or the Street Prophets who were just fighting him to kind of show their respect and, and clap was a nice uh, change of pace. Yeah, I, I like the uh, the celebration to start the show. I mean, that was kind of the... Uh, I mean, it's what everyone was kind of looking forward to. This is kind of the... the not the reason to tune in this week, but you know, it's, it was, it would have followed weird if they didn't. So a good way to start the show. Uh, you mentioned you got a little crowded. I would agree. We'll talk about uh, Ezekiel being in the main event in a minute, but a bunch more comments here. Um, we got Herman saying he really hopes Randy breaks Rick Flair's record right now. Randy is at 14, 14, 14 world titles. All right. So He's tied well, with triple H, I believe. Yeah, that sounds right. So that's well within reach. And, and he, he has said, again, in several interviews lately, uh, he's in his prime. He's got a long time to go. So I could see him always tying it. I don't know. Uh, I, think, I think he genuinely means it. Like, when he says that, like, I think I'll be here longer than Roman Reigns, I do genuinely believe that. I do think that he isn't one that's going to go to the film industry. I think Roman at some point in the next few years probably will. I mean, The Rock can obviously get him in, and he's pretty good at what he does. I'm not saying Orton's not. He's acted some before, but, like, wrestling is just his thing. That's what he wants to do. He's good at it. Uh, I mean, who knows how much fun he wasn't having before Riddle, because then he said now it, it elevated his interest and desire to go longer. And, you know, he says it. I think he said he had, like, seven or eight years left of full-time wrestling, and I'm thinking to myself, like, that's – like that's really good for for him and his age and like you have to think that he would at least tie uh for some reason i think that cena would break it before orton could get to that point so maybe that orton and cena would be tied and have a match or something to kind of break the record that's just long-term storytelling but uh i could definitely see him winning a few more and i think he should he, i think that de he definitely should yeah i think so too especially you know as i was saying earlier at this point there's nobody else that even john cena john cena's not that not that he's left, but he has made that transition. Randy Orton, you know, see, as he's, he himself has said, Johnny Orton is saying he's going to be there, you know, for the ne at least the next several years, and at least by a large, you know, full time. At, at, at worst, he'll take some some breaks here and there, but he's not going anywhere. So he's not like completely removed entirely. So, no, I would like to see that as well. Uh, interesting to point out, Eddie says Randy is forty two, Roman Reigns is thirty six, so. You know, not a whole big difference there, but that does kind of illustrate, and maybe in some ways, like, you know, maybe Roman Reigns could be nearing that time where he does make that jump. Randy Orton, as, as he said a minute ago, he already has done some acting, and he's he's good at it, but he does feel like uh, a, a, a wrestler in that sense of this way he's going to be doing. Steven going on to say that uh, Orton is the Tom Brady of WWE, maybe especially in that, that age sense of he's still uh, enjoying greatness at a, I don't say at an advanced age, but 42. I mean, usually in some ways, especially nowadays, maybe not quite the the the, the prime years, if you will, but definitely someone's still uh, succeeding and and you know thriving here. And he mentioned he's how he's having fun. He's saying that in a lot of videos as well. He's having a lot of fun with Riddle. We got Eddie saying uh, point that out as well. And I, I should mention my answer as well. M much like you, John, my introduction to him, uh, the Legend Killer stuff, legacy stuff, all that good stuff back then. Uh, but definitely he was like one of my guys as well. When I was growing up, he was like the top heel, him and John Cena. You know, that was my era's, uh, you know, ho uh, ho what? Rock and Austin, sorry. Um, so no, I definitely grew up with him and now I respect him all the more for it. And it's cool to see him uh, succeeding in that sense. 
And I mentioned the, the, the legacy thing we got tonight, uh, a little little legacy reunion, a little Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton uh, reunion of sorts. And I, I thought that was very, very cool. That was one of the things I was really hoping for when Cody came back in the first place. I didn't think we'd get it tonight. It's not they're going to feud. This was just a little interaction and, and a little team up. But a definitely a fun callback, you know, just to, to the, you know, the legacy days way back when. Um, and I enjoyed that as well. He mentioned the main event, and it did get a little crowded in the segment and in the the match itself. Ezekiel did feel out of place. I it's a bit of a, a mixed bag. I kind of like when they like tie stuff together in a way. If it's done well, if it feels organic. Ezekiel really did feel kind of uh, out of place there. And as you said, I don't know who else they would have probably put in there. Um, you know, so, so this is like Randy Orton's night, and you got the, the Usos, you got Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, and Ezekiel. I mean, it did feel a little. A little odd, maybe, but well, yeah, and, and but, Cody Rhodes, but, but talking about the match itself, it was entertaining, and I thought easily the best of the entire night. Um, yeah. Orton, you know, basically getting the RKO on everybody, send the crowd home happy. The entrances were a little long. I think it was like 12 minutes of entrances at the beginning, and it's like it's a little over the top at that point. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, the match was good. You kind of knew it was going to happen, uh, and WWE doesn't always do this, especially when they're when they're in a wrestler's hometown. They don't have them go over. They don't have them win, which people gripe about. I never understood that. Like people aren't into, like, for example, AEW when Britt Baker's in Pittsburgh, she always wins every single time. Right. And to me, like, I get it. It makes the crowd happy, but you don't need to do you don't need to do that every single time. Now, of course, tonight with Orton getting the win, that was good. Of course. Um, he had the RKO on it on everybody. The typical, you know, kind of like the stunt RKOs were off the top rope, riddle throwing up, things like that. So, yeah, the match was pretty good. No, I enjoyed it a lot. We had DJ saying it was an RKO party. I mean, I always like that. Like, if it's a multi-man match, I remember one year he was in like a Money in the Bank match and he was just dishing out RKOs to everybody. It's a, it's such a cool move that you can do it like that, <laughs> and it, it would have felt weird to not do something like that tonight. I mean, twenty years. Everyone see that, and they they did it. And he mentioned, I mean, yeah, he didn't need to win this match, and like they easily could have had the other team win. But like, you know, it's his twenty year anniversary. Give the guy a win, right? This match didn't, didn't really matter. Uh, so I'm glad they did that. I'm glad they gave the the quote unquote the good guys the win like that. You know, as you said, something got him happy uh, as we go on uh, with toward uh, WrestleMania backlash here. And yeah, DJ points out, uh, you, and you you just mentioned like the hometown kind of thing. Orton said he's originally from Knoxville. Everyone knows him as being from St. Louis, but he said he, I think he was born in Knoxville. So kind of a uh, original hometown in, in a sense there. So pretty cool. Pretty cool to pick up a win both uh, the 20 year anniversary and then a kind of hometown win there. Uh, we got Herman. We mentioned Tom Brady a minute ago. Herman wonders, do you agree that Randy Orton is the Tim Duncan of wrestling? And for context, it says Tim Duncan of wrestling, meaning people forgot about him to mention him in the top 10, but he like someone that's so great, but always kind of flies under the radar a little bit. I think if you mean like overall, maybe, uh, but for WWE, for me at least, I, I would say like it's impossible for me specifically to not place him near the top of the list. Like he's been there the entire time I've been watching. He's been featured, uh, you know, pretty much in the main event scene or you know or thereabouts the entire time I've been watching. Yeah, you know, we were talking about a minute ago, fourteen-time world champion, two-time world rumble winner, tag team champion, all these accolades. Um, I think he does fly under the radar because people tend to, it seems to, in some ways, underappreciate him. But um, I do think there's some merit to that comparison, at least. I don't know. That's my that's my take on it. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't think that he's forgotten when people discuss their top 10. I think there's just so many wrestlers that everybody has their own opinion, and that's fine. 
Uh, I haven't really ever sat down to compile my top 10, so I can't tell you off the bat if I'd put him in it or not. But, you know, that's kind of a, uh, not really a subjective topic. It's a, an opinion for everybody, so I'll leave it at that. I definitely do credit him for, uh, I don't know if consistency is the right word, but definitely longevity and just, again, maybe loyalty. You know, you really don't see all, all that often people say one company for so long, uh, remain at the top or, or just, you know, remain at a, at a, you know, top level for, for so long. So I definitely think he deserves credit for that as well. Uh, and we are seeing him, I would say kind of in his prime in terms of his having fun. He's really entertaining in the ring. Good promos right now. Like when he, as he's, if he's famous for it, when he's feeling something, he's pretty much like unmatched. Like he is definitely one of the best when he's really in, like feeling something, maybe not so much at points where he doesn't feel invested, but, um, you know, we're definitely seeing the the flip side of that where he's really invested and engaged right now, and it's it's been a very fun fun ride so far. So uh, again, fun main event, fun celebration for Andy Orton. You know, he's really kind of celebrate that that milestone for him. So a very fun kind of start and finish to the show there. But that was only one of several things to dig into here because, as I mentioned earlier, this did feel like uh, the the Raw after WrestleMania, and we got a DJ asking about the two returns here. So we're gonna just run through those. So these were leaks either if you want to say through Fightful or, you know, the, the, the word gets around kind of from there from there, and, and it spreads. Uh, Fightful first reported over the weekend that Asuka and Mustafa Ali were slated for uh, for Raw tonight. As always, plans change. So until they actually showed up, you couldn't actually, you know, say with 100% certainty, oh, they're going to be on the show, but they were. So uh, first, earlier in the show, Becky Lynch returned on the show for the first time since WrestleMania, where she lost the title to Bianca Belair. She was very, very upset. She was very sad. She said, I don't know who I am without the title. And she said, but this is where we start the great comeback. I'm going to regain my place on the mountaintop. No one can stop me. She reeled off any number of names in the woman's vision. And then Asuka's music hits. And Asuka comes to the ring. Asuka has not been uh, on WWE programming since Money in the Bank last July, which is crazy, 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 crazy. She has been missed so much. So much. I mean, she is a star. She adds depth to and, and star power, especially to uh, any, any division that she's in. So this is definitely a win in that sense. She comes out and uh, the crowd is very, very happy to see her, even with the being leaked. The crowd is very happy. And she, you know, never, promos never really her strength, but she said, uh, I, I will stop you because no one's ready for Asuka. So pretty simple <laughs> promo, sends Becky running, but very much a, a compelling kind of setup for uh, Becky's next thing. And and Oscar's first thing since coming back here, John. What do you think about this? Uh, so I think it's great that they're kind of doing mid card women's feuds without the title. This is going to be a good one. Uh, it was a very good promo from Lynch. She continues to be unmatched on the microphone, no matter what show, company, whatever. She's just uh, top of the top there. Uh, Oscar, like you said, isn't really the best on the microphone, but she got a point across with the dancing. Uh, she had the biggest reaction of the night, I think, for at least returning wise. Um, her reaction was pretty big. Uh, they panned to people in the crowd looking genuinely shocked, which makes you believe that, you know, or not believe but understand that people like me and you always see this beforehand because that's just the nature of the beast of what we do work-wise. But people like that are at the event that have no idea, they don't look at the, um, you know, the news outlets, dirt sheets, whatever you call them. Uh, and then this is a genuine shock and surprise to them. And they were able to capture some of those reactions. Like Eddie is saying, Bailey's next. Uh, I think they might be waiting until Backlash or maybe later. I think, I obviously I can't confirm this. I think she's probably ready to come back. I think they're just waiting on the right moment. 
Uh, but tonight was good. Uh, I think it's going to be good to see Becky Lynch kind of continue to lose her mind as she keeps losing matches. Because I do think Asuka will beat her and she'll continue to kind of uh, break down, lose her mind. We saw this before from somebody. I'm trying to think of who it was. Uh, it was like last year or the year before. Somebody kept losing and losing and losing and losing. And they kept like mentally breaking down more and more each week. But I don't remember who it was. But this reminds me of that. And I think that's what we're going to get here. Yeah, and um, I'm looking forward to it. Again, Asuka, very happy to see you back. Uh, they they do have an, a, a good opportunity to do some, dare I say it, long-term storytelling or at least like callbacks. I mean, I remember, I think it was like 2020, maybe 2021, one like that storyline that Asuka's kind of like Becky's kryptonite that like she beat her in the first place and Becky was trying to like to, to you know, just to, to disprove that. They are feuding for a while and then she finally beat her. If I remember, actually, it was 2019 that should be in the first place, then back won the Rumble, and I think they ran it back the following year. Uh, so now, all this time later, a lot has changed. Becky's now big time Bex. Asuka's back. We're going to wait and see how that, what what her new kind of, uh, you know, what this new chapter holds for her. But um, I do think that, that they could definitely have that that layered storytelling there, and I'm, I'm always a fan of that. Uh, I, th I, I think I, I would agree that this would be a good chance to have Asuka win, reestablish her. Because even like at the end of her time, uh, before the, before her absence, she wasn't really doing a whole lot. She was in Money in the Bank. Uh, her her one title reign got, you know, or maybe one after she lost the title, she was really kind of just lost the shuffle a little bit. So I think this real, after so much, so time long, so, so much time gone, this could be a good chance to kind of, you know, reestablish her as, as the top player that I, I, I think she is uh, by being Becky. And I, I like the idea of having Becky like unravel and seeing where that goes here. Cause she definitely hit that switch tonight of like, she was, she was disheartened. And then she was kind of like, you saw a little teases of like, Oh, she's really like kind of, she, she's lost a little bit. She's like so distraught. And so, so upset she lost her title. She says she doesn't know who she is without it. So it's definitely something there. I definitely like that, uh, that, that possibility there. Plenty of matches to think about beyond that. We got Brian saying Bailey versus Oscar when Bailey comes back, uh, Bianca versus Oscar as well. I didn't want to see that as well. Um, all of them, all of them be good. Uh, we'll talk about Bianca a little more in a minute here, but um, I mean, Oscar's great, just period, and she could have a great match with anybody, pretty much. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who she mixes up with, uh, and I think that will definitely be a, a welcome uh, return slash. Really, it's it's, a, it's an addition to this one that's been so long uh, that, that she'll be back here on Raw. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely one of the more uh, exciting generally just kind of good moments of the night here. But as Eddie right now just reminds us, another return, not just Asuka, but uh, like like Asuka, uh, this was also kind of uh, reported slash leaked by Fightful as well. Mustafa Ali uh, reported, I think this was yesterday, reported expectedly back uh, tonight for Raw. And he was, he was. The, so Ali has not been on TV since the October 29th episode of SmackDown. Not as quite as, not quite as long as Asuka, still a long time. Uh, and, you know, the definitely the saga here being that he requested his release, that he reportedly had an argument with Vince McMahon. Lots of drama here, lots of stuff going on, you know, smoke, fire, who really knows, but definitely just lots of rumors and, and just kind of uh, uncertainty, I guess, for quite a word. And he, he requested his release in January, didn't get it. And well, uh, obviously the maybe the temporary, the, the the free Ali movement, people wanted to see him get released, really. So it's so that he could go elsewhere and have that freedom. Uh, but he was on TV tonight, he was on Raw, and maybe a little unexpectedly, uh, this was part of Miz TV with Theory, the US champion. Both Miz and Theory referenced the fact that he requested his release. Miz said, oh, you still work here. 
Theory said, oh, aren't you the guy who took your ball and went home? Then once the National Social Miz said, I'm going to make you wish you got log paper. So three, John, three references there uh, to this release thing. And I I was like pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, they're they're, they're respecting our intelligence. Like everyone know, well, okay, everyone that that keeps up with the, the news cycle or whatever you want to call it, rumors, the rumor mill, uh, this is widely known that this has been going on. So it would have felt wrong to have them be like, oh, he's back period like without any reference of what happened so i i always appreciate that, appreciate that like respecting what we're you know our, our intelligence really um thought the return itself was fine uh he wanted a u.s title shot theory didn't give him to him and then uh ali kind of go to the miz and do a match and theory miz said oh i can't book a match but theory said oh i can he and the texas man they had a match uh ali won no maybe a little surprise in there and then and one of the like the quickest angles i've ever seen champa no longer Tommaso, just Ciampa, like blindsides him with like a clothesline, and then they pan to the back. Which was so obvious because Ali kept like looking over for some reason. I was like, why does he keep looking over? Like, is he just like fresh or like he doesn't know not to look at the camera? But then I realized, oh, he was waiting for, you know, the attack. Yeah. So, John, what do you think about this return? Mustafa Ali being back on Raw here after, as I was saying, kind of all this this dramatic saga of everything that we've been seeing. You know, I saw saw a lot of people saying that the energy in the arena picked up. I didn't sense that. I did not sense much of a reaction, honestly. Uh, He did very good on the mic. He looked very good in the ring. I mean, obviously, he's been training. He's been posting clips on his Twitter about him still training. The attack out of nowhere at the end, I'm kind of trying to think, you know, where is this going? Obviously, they're going to have a few, which will be fine. Maybe a number one contender for the United States title. That, that would be cool. But the problem is, um, I guess Ali's supposed to be the baby face here, which, okay, I guess. But uh, he was trying to portray a heel character before, and that wasn't working, which, uh, you know, there was blame on all sides. Ali had blamed the fans at one point for not genuinely not supporting him, crapping on the idea of the character he wanted to be which is what, where I stood. I thought that people were hypocrites because uh, they said, free Ali, he deserves better. He wasn't getting the support of the fans. He wasn't getting no reactions. Nobody was buying his merchandise. He wasn't being talked about. Like This is basically the fans' chance now to go back on that and make it good because they need to. Based off of what they've said, they would definitely be hypocrites at this point if they don't support him. Because, I mean, you saw and I saw the free Ali movement and people were all, you know, basically up in arms about it. So tonight is a good chance to start making that right. We'll see where it goes. Uh, yeah, he's going to be a baby face. He's smooth in the ring. The match was good. I'm not surprised that he won. Uh, but again, with the reports that have come out about, uh, we might as well talk about Theory because uh, he was out there a part of Ms. TV. So Theory is basically being pushed to the moon. This is a progressive push. That will be ongoing for quite some time. They're giving him all the resources he needs. Uh, I wouldn't doubt if the whole John Cena tweet was because they told him to, hey, tweet about you know theory here. I'm not saying they did. I'm just saying that that might be an interesting match to see at SummerSlam for the U.S. title. I mean, that would make sense. The thing is, like, people need to understand that theory is probably not losing anytime soon. I don't care if it's Ali. I don't care if it's John Cena. I, I, he's just not going to lose. That they want to elevate him and make him a superstar heel, and I think they have the potential to do that if they keep basically sticking with it and they don't look back. Yeah, I'm, I'm already seeing that here. Uh, he was with Miz on Miz TV tonight. Didn't really do much, yeah, kind of beyond that. But maybe this feud with Ali, or well, we'll have to wait and see. It seems like Ali might be feuding with Champa first. 
Um, in which case, uh, Ethereum might be kind of looking for another maybe temporary uh, challenger in that case. But uh, yeah, there's the one report that, uh, and this is what people have kind of widely rumored for a while, but there's one more important, uh, I believe it was Ralph Sabotis today saying that Vincent Fan does see Austin Theory as kind of a, a young John Cena in a lot of ways, and it is going to set him up uh, to succeed or wants to give him all the tools he needs to succeed in that sense. Um, so that's definitely lofty praise. And then you mentioned the, the, the John Cena tweet. John Cena himself said, like, oh, you have more, like, talent. And, and th- I don't remember what, what through tastes, but, like, he pretty much said you have more talent and, like, drive than I ever did. And to me, I'm like, oh, that is crazy. Like, that's John Cena saying that. So, like, I, can, I mean, and you mentioned maybe, maybe maybe they told him to, I don't know, puff it up a little bit. But still to have John Cena himself saying that, that does carry some weight. So, um you know, something pretty big there. That feels like a WrestleMania match to me. I don't know if we got that for SummerSlam, but it's possible. Anything can happen here. Uh, <laughs> Harmon jokes the theory has five more moves than Cena, so he's already got a leg up on him there. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to diss my guy Cena, but hey, I mean, theory, I've been very impressed with him from what we've seen in the ring by and large. Having matches with Finn Balor and stuff helps, but I think he is definitely kind of holding up his end of the bargain and the matches and stuff like that. So, I'd like you were saying, John, we got Steven saying he does not see. Uh, theory losing the title for a while so he's, he thinks going to keep it for quite a while here and i would agree as well but i i, I do like the idea of having that match at SummerSlam. you could have cena put him over there uh and then maybe have three climb ladder beyond that the next level um again i i don't know if that's quite like SummerSlam feels a little soon like uh, it's john cena john cena's not going to come in, come back and and lose right like right today it's hard to imagine it's already the end of april that would be you know august at this point that's I don't know. I like got built up a little bit more at this point, but Brian does say the theory is built like the old John Cena. He's got that like the you know the the, the, the prototype like look, and he, there there definitely are uh, comparisons there. So um, I, I like the comparisons. Theory himself has said in, in interviews that he's a big big fan of John Cena. That's that's you know pretty well documented as well. Um, so the, the story does write itself, and again, uh, whether it's SummerSlam or WrestleMania, I think that'll be a good one. Nesha predicts that Cena will beat Theory. I mean. If they're gonna do it, I feel like you've got to have theory win in some ways. Like if you're gonna kind of have that that passing of the torch thing, feels like that's the thing to do here. Um, but hey, Cena could be coming back. Eddie says the rumor is that Cena could be coming back for the summer. I've heard he's coming back. I thought I saw June is like a loosely floated rumor. I do not, I cannot confirm that whatsoever. Uh, if that's the case. It'd be cool to have him back for SummerSlam, but again, I don't, don't know if that, if that will be the case. I'd be, I'd be happy, but we'll wait and see on that one. Regardless, Theory does seem to have a very bright future, as evidenced by uh, his US title win. He was in the ring with Miz and was segment tonight. Uh, and speaking of uh, kind of maybe a bright future here, Mustafa Ali pinned the Miz, a former WWE champion. Like, I know they beat the Miz a lot, but that does mean something. Like, they, they, I thought he might lose at one point, and he didn't. He beat the Miz here, and uh, he got attacked by Ciampa. Um, I'm curious about that. I mean, Johnny mentioned it's a little, a little weird to have uh, Ali as the baby face there. I mean, it makes sense, you know, given all, again, all the circumstances here, like he's back, you know, trying to kind of, and it's been long enough. Like, it's not like he went away for like a month. Like, it's been, been long enough. I mean, I, I feel like most people kind of, not to say they forgot, but like, they're like, oh, well, who really cares at this point? Like, he's back, and we're, maybe we're happy to see him more, more than anything. But uh, we got Eddie saying Chapa versus Ali will be a banger. It will be a very good match. Looking forward to that. I think that'll be something to look forward to. Uh, I am curious about the, the story here. And uh, on top of that, all the rumors about Chapa maybe joining Edge's stable. You know, now that, I mean, the one degree it was turning Chapa heel, that's been done. Uh, so I wonder if that'll be kind of a, I don't know. 
uh, a multi-step process, I guess, maybe a few to Ali and then join. I think I, I feel like we're, we're on the way there, but uh, I'm looking forward to that match. Both guys very, very good. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and yet another uh, week here of maybe a, a multi-man suggestion here. We got Eddie saying, we got Edge, Priest, and Champa versus Styles, Balor, and Ali. I could see it on a Raw. Like, they do this stuff like this all the time. And, I mean, I do think Champa is probably on. And as has been reported, he's on that on you know at least the rumors uh, to uh i don't think edge is wrestling on raw though at all no man i hope i hope we see like sometimes he's premium like, live events okay what well, maybe like if they do like another raw like msg or something maybe like a big arena one right okay least, like, fine no. all right but every french Iridian is excited about the, the ali and champa or tomas champa feud here um and yeah, yeah who, uh, who's who's tomaso Right. Who's Champa? Champa. No, okay, no, yeah. Tomaso here. We're, we're, we're the, it's the, 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 the place where they <laughs> cut off your first name. So, yeah, I don't um, know who that is. So, we got, uh, who said it a minute ago? Uh, someone was happy that Theory kept his, or that Champa kept his name. He kept his name and then he didn't. He is now just half of his name. At least they, they didn't change entirely. Yeah, at least it's not like, you know, butch or anything. But, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's on TV. I'm glad. I mean, I'd like to think this this is going somewhere, so we can hope about that. But talking about Edge here, uh, and uh, John, I I was like kind of here for this table at first. Okay, I kind of liked the idea. I was like, I, I, no, okay, I didn't like the Edge heel turn. I liked the 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 potential for the stable but tonight it, and last week as well. But really, it's crossover from kind of cool to just straight out goofy. I mean, last week it was like the flickering lights and like the, the very supernatural stuff. I, I think la if last week was the one where the lights went out in the, in the middle of the match and it just ended and that was just like bizarre. Uh, and then there was like the backstage thing with the lights flickering. And then tonight, Edge comes out for Damian Priest match with, with Valor. And he's, in his, he's in his black throne and it's, it's kind of like levitating onto the stage. Judgment day. Well, we're getting there too. But this, the, the I it took me out of it like from the start like the chair is like slowly like levitating it's on some kind of like treadmill kind of thing he's just sitting this throne on stage it's it's one thing to be backstage but they they bring the throne out there you remember Tian Shaw on the next team with Mei Ying he's just sitting out there on the throne like her like way back when it seemed a little silly to me but yes then Edge's out there Priest is a match and he's introduced. As a member of Judgment Day. So this uh, right now two-man stable supposedly uh, set to grow at some point soon. This this alliance, as I said tonight, this alliance uh, is named Judgment Day. DJ, clearly not a fan, saying, really? Really? Um, I mean, it makes sense. As, you know, pretty much every promo we talk about, oh, it's going to be your Judgment Day. Oh, it's, you know, WrestleMania is going to be your Judgment Day. WrestleMania Backlash is going to be your Judgment Day. I don't know what else I was expecting. Uh, I saw someone, uh, Grand Jury, Grand Jury was like floating around Twitter a little bit. I have a match at Grand Jury because that's going to be the UK pay per view name. I'm telling you now, it's going to be Grand Jury and it's going to be centered around Judgment Day. It makes perfect sense. Uh, I mean, why else would they trademark the Grand Jury if they're not going to use it? Unless it was maybe a perspective name for this group and they changed their mind. Who knows? Yeah. But I would not be surprised if that was the case. I don't I think, think it's bad. I think people were, uh, crapping on it for unknown reasons i mean it was a pay-per-view name and people liked it like why can't it be a stable name i liked it as pay-per-view name it's pretty cool like you know judgment day it's like i don't know maybe i like it better as pay-per-view name like it makes more sense judge as, like, edge 
there you go judge edge judge edge day um <laughs> <laughs> but uh i don't know it makes sense again like and i guess at least there's that brian says he thought they could have done the new brood yeah he, like obviously edge has the connections there to the brood uh and the ministry of darkness and they're, they're clearly leaning into that um I don't know. I the name was fine. I I again I, I was more bothered by the levitating chair and, and more of the, the goofy stuff at this point, but uh we got another thing it was not a crappy name. I thought it was fine. Uh at this point, I, I will say uh, more than the name, uh I wasn't the biggest fan of, of uh priest promo backstage. He was like Finn Balor, your judgment has come, and like something like that. So it seems a little corny. And I was a little disappointed by that because I was like, oh, the stable is a good chance to like really kind of reinvigorate Priest and like kind of recapture some of the momentum that he had. I seem seemed to be alone on that one. Someone else on Twitter was like, oh, I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving everything he's doing. And I'm like, all right, yeah, cool. I just seemed it seems a little goofy so far to me. Cause like it'll be like Edge will give like 90% of the promo, and then uh Priest will do like a line or two just close it out it seems like i don't know and then usually the lines are, are a little silly to me but um maybe all these things put together the, the levitating chair the not great promos or the material at least and now the name judgment day as well it seems like he's not he's not digging it not exactly a recipe for success but priest uh did defeat finn Balor there uh and we, so we and we already knew that edge will be facing aj styles in a wrestlemania rematch at wrestlemania backlash wondering and then we, we talked about this i think last week maybe even like before uh you know styles will need someone to fight on his side he's, he's already outnumbered if they had champa and, and or other people i mean he's gonna be even more uh outmanned at that point so we got eddie wondering or maybe even hoping they're gonna do something like age of styles and finn Balor, you know the bullet club i think that'd be fun i don't know if they'd like reference that history but at least we the fans would know like oh they, 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 they're doing something there but uh, it would make sense purely based on the fact that Bauer lost tonight, and he's been kind of roped into this storyline a little bit, um, even as in, in a temporary sense. But uh, would you agree, John, or do you think you know anybody else that might kind of join forces with him at this point? No, I would absolutely agree. I think that's spot on. I do. I saw someone had uh, tweeted about tonight uh, that Bauer would make sense for this stable or this kind of like dark gothic thing, like the, the Demon King would kind of actually make sense in there. So maybe they'll do like a. a double turn or, or you know he's, he's like a, a turn coat essentially where he might be team with styles and then they will turn later on i think that that would make some some sense to me and that'd be kind of a kind of like a cool way to kind of maybe maybe reinvigorate reinvigorate him a little bit as well dj i ask myself this all the time i don't know why they're, they're driving down right now uh he had a, a good hard fought match with with theory last week when he lost i think it was last week when, when he lost the title um this one Maybe not quite as much of a hard fought match, but yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. I don't know. Yet again, here, I mean, we I was hopeful that, that he, his US title win would kind of pan out. Didn't really. And now we got Theory kind of saying he's going to add more legit, legitimacy to the title. And I think he could. I think they're, they're invested in him, and they very clearly want him to reach the next level. And he happens to have the, the title right now, so that's good for the title and for him. So a war was Balor. I mean, the, the again, always feels like they're not quite fully kind of uh, all in on him, at least on the main roster. Brian saying too many losses, too many losses for Finn Balor. Uh, again, maybe maybe uh, teaming with, with Salah or something would be good for him, but um, I don't know. 
Uh, we are definitely on the road to WrestleMania Backlash. We have another thing tonight, the arm wrestling match, John. We, can't, we cannot forget the arm wrestling match, Almost and Bobby Lashley. Uh, this one, eh, maybe not as you would expect. I mean, I wasn't expecting a, a clean finish. They were they went back and forth, and I was actually kind of, dare I say, entertained. I was like, they're actually like, they, they, they did it well. They looked at their actually arm wrestling. I don't know. And I thought almost would win because it's like, okay, you're trying to get this guy established as like a powerhouse. That's as an MVP says more, uh, he's superior to Bobby Lashley, stronger, bigger, whatever. Lashley wins clean and then almost beats him down. We got, uh, Nelson saying she did not expect Bobby Lashley to win here. And he did. Uh, I saw this going on as well. Hey, people love arm wrestling matches, at least on YouTube. They do great uh, social numbers. So, I'm sure WWE will flaunt that next week. But uh, what, what do you think about this, John? We had the, the arm wrestling match and then the beatdown and then almost challenged Lashley to a WrestleMania rematch for WrestleMania Backlash. This was entirely too predictable in just about every way, shape, and form. Even the crowd was booing at the end. I'm not sure if they were just booing like Omos or if they were just booing the segment because it was that bad. Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, there's no surprise here. Uh, I think Omos will probably win, although I wouldn't be against Lashley winning so that him and MVP could uh, have unsettled business. Yeah. I mean, I do think almost should win in some ways, uh, especially I thought in, there, there was something you said if you're winning at WrestleMania, you're, again, you're trying to get this guy over. And yeah, Lashley coming back and losing right away wouldn't have been great either, but they could have almost win. They could have MVP help almost. They could... Um, I don't know if I want to see it a third time, but they could keep it going. I mean, yeah, at least then they could do like a, a last minute standing match. Maybe they'll do a, the, another NOLA match at WrestleMania Backlash, then they'll keep it going and pay it off and something like that. Could be. We have Kevin announcing when, when the show is. It is on Sunday, May 8th. That is not next Sunday, but or this Sunday, Sunday, the one after that. So two Sundays from now. Uh, so it's, it's right around the corner there. Um, I would agree with Brian. You're saying the arm wrestling match was not needed. The feud's really good, though. Um... I'm I'm more invested in, in this way with MVP and Lashley. I think that's the more compelling thing, and, I, and almost is part of it. But like the promos, have been more MVP and Lashley. Almost is more like the the giant because it's like old school big guy. Like he's not he's not really going to talk for himself. Uh, and so MVP has been helpful in that sense. Was, and but something that's hard to like get into the story of of this feud where it's like one of the. The, the more compelling members isn't involved in the in the in the in-ring side of things. It's a little a little interesting in that sense. But um we got uh I mean DJ points out, yeah, it was better than the wedding last week, but we can talk about the, the continuation of the of the wedding a little bit. But uh Eddie points out the almost match with Braun Strowman by the last week, 49 million views on YouTube. That is crazy. Uh, people people seem to like it. I don't really know, but uh Ness should point that out or someone said that uh Almost had, oh, sorry, Laura Rock, yeah. Almost is on uh, Out of Character, the podcast today with Ryan Satin. You should listen to it. If you if you want to know more about Almost and like his, his journey to WWE, very fascinating story. Former basketball player, he's, he was from Nigeria, came to the United States, and he, he's a medical miracle. He had this really, really rare brain tumor, and thankfully, blessed that he uh, that he got it taken care of, and now he's ch chasing greatness in WWE. He got a shot, signed up WWE, and now here he is on Raw. It's a very cool story there. Um you know, so definitely, I recommend it. It's 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 a fairly short interview, so yeah, if you if you get a chance, I'd I'd recommend it. It's it's just cool because like you like I just said, almost isn't really talking for himself. He's not gonna be cutting these promos. They can really see who he is. Like MVP is talking for him, but like he was talking for himself in this interview. So it's a good chance to really see 
uh, who the person at least is behind the character. So pretty cool thing there. Uh, but that leads us to um, as we got the, the comparison with the, the wedding map or the, the the double commitment ceremony last week. We had the, the follow up this week. As it turns out, our truth is uh, certified in couples counseling, uh, togetherness, and uh, and also being a certified referee. Uh, we had a little backstage vignette where he was trying to, to mediate the conflict between both couples from last week, Reggie, Dana Brooke, Kirstella, and Tamina. And lo and behold, we get a tag team match, mixed tag team match yet again. I thought like we've seen this at least five times at this point. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, they, there was one big missed opportunity, though. So they had uh, the, the title was not at play for this match. Our truth was referee. Uh, Akira pinned Reggie. And then as soon as the match ends, everyone tried to melee for the title again. Uh, and then our truth goes to help Dana leave. And then he tries to roll her up. And as the referee, he tries to count the pin himself. And John, in that moment, I was like, that would be the greatest thing ever if that was the way Artoof got his baby back. I, I think that would be, I know he's well past 50 at this point, but like if that, he hasn't had it in quite a while. If that's the way he got it back, I thought that would have been actually pretty cool. But then Dana saw through it and she got away. So Dana, Dana Brooke, still a 24-7 champion. Artoof still doesn't have his baby. Yet again, Nesha, the weekly reminder that she says the truth needs his baby back. He's still without it. I don't have much more about that to say. I just thought it'd be pretty cool uh, if they did that, and they did not. Yeah, this uh, was not funny. Uh, it didn't do anything to help anybody. It's hard not to feel bad for everybody involved in this. Very confusing. They also keep pushing like and teasing the possibility of two women like kissing, like with Tamina and Dana with this LGBTQ storyline. Yeah. Uh, even though like. Sonya Deville openly wanted to do this a couple years ago and they rejected her and now it's like they're teasing this it's just um, the representation in that community is pretty disappointing I think and uh, I've I seen a lot of people were rubbed the wrong way last week when R-Truth made the comment about this not being PG because like well why isn't it PG you know <laughs> like he's basically saying like it's not normal it's not you know what I mean like right. so I see oh, people, yeah. were, oh, yeah. people were getting a little upset about that not that I was um, in fact so I was at the show, so I I could be seen on TV quite a bit. I don't know if you saw me. I was wearing. I saw, I saw you. The, the, I said the, the the there's a screenshot. If you haven't seen it, John is making the the funniest face. Was that the was that the the, the, the white? No, I think it was the the sign. It was the, thing. it was the Bianca Belair and Sydney yeah. Deville thing, which we're going to talk about here shortly. I was right in the middle of it because obviously I think Bianca Belair is the best female superstar in the company. Uh, maybe in all of professional wrestling right now, I think her number one ranking is very well deserved. So, so we might as well talk about that since we uh, were talking about, about last week. We finally got the match tonight, but was it really a match that we expected? Because it was strange. This was booked to make Belair look like a a warrior that cannot be kept down, cannot be stopped no matter what. Will overcome all the odds, which is exactly what she did. So you have a, like a DQ and then like a count out or whatever. And she's like, I wasn't ready. I have this power. We're going to restart the match. And then here comes, you know, her, her helpers that she ended up slapping later anyway. Um, it didn't make any sense. Like, why would they like they just broke up as a tag team and now they're together coming out here to help. And then they were like on the same page backstage. Like, what is going on? Uh, you know, and then, of course, Sonya Deville, who's the challenger for the title, has her entrance like jobber entrance over commercial break. She's already in the ring. And then it's just, I don't know. And then apparently, like, they were supposed to get a women's tag title match, but then she took that away. Like, why were they getting a rematch in the first place? I don't understand. But 
I think Bianca Belair was the only one that benefited at all in this because it, it makes her look strong. I'm starting to wonder, like, what is next for her? Because if we're going to have this Becky and Oscar thing, which who knows could turn into number one contender, but the Sonya thing might go one or two more times. I doubt it. I think that that the end result of this is going to be somehow, some way, Sonya Deville was no longer going to be a WWE official anymore, just a superstar. Which that's fine, uh, but what did you think? I mean, I thought like as you were just kind of saying some of, some of the, the logistical things here, the logic at play, um, really kind of took away from the match in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, and as Nesha says, you knew Sonya would pull something. Like, you knew she would like kind of abuse her power as she has been. Fine. Uh, so we have like the match first ended the countout. She's like, okay, now it's gonna be re- restarted uh, with no countouts. Then Sonya hit Bianca with the chair. She said, oh, now it gets re- restarted no, with no disqualifications. Uh, and then it is mentioned. Then Carmella and Zelina Vega or Queen Vega come out. At that point, as, as you said, like they broke up. They broke up on Raw. This was a thing on TV that we all saw. That they like that was a thing. Carmella went away and got married. Congratulations! And then now she's back. Um, but like that was only two-ish weeks ago like and granted they feel the, they feel the need to remind us of things that happened five minutes ago on the same show so maybe they're hoping people forgot i don't know but if you watch the show and if you like kind of keep track of things like no like we know that happened so then seeing that happen seeing them uh deville sorry uh camilla and vega run of the ring made like no sense and then turned into like a handicap match and as you said that helps you know bianca look stronger but this the, the sheer like lack of logic and continuity of, of having them help in the first place. And then he's mentioned they're supposed to get a title yeah. shot when they were broken up. Like, and they didn't try to explain it. They weren't like, Oh, but we decided to like reunite for a title shot. No, no. They were just like, Oh, we're like, we're, we never, you know, they didn't even say anything. They didn't, they didn't say it at all. Um, but I, I definitely agree. Bianca was the only one that really benefited here. Uh, every time something like this happens with Sonya, I'm, I'm like practically like screaming, like how is nobody, doing anything how is adam pierce not doing something he's there i think we saw him and i I can't remember specifically like in theory he's supposed to be there in theory he's there like most weeks as a WWE official so like he should he was there last week so like that leads us that would lead you to think like he would be there but why wouldn't he not come out and be like no 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 you're not going to do that like she's like these these blatant uh, abuses of power it's like over and over again i hope this doesn't drag on too too much because even when we saw it last week, I was like, I feel like this is gonna this is gonna like duplicate the Sonya and Naomi thing on SmackDown. That went on for like months and months and months, and it was so redundant and repetitive and like not great. Uh, and then that felt like pretty universally to be the case. Um, I don't want to see that for Bianca, and I don't want to see that for 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 Sonya. Like I'd rather see her, you know, leave that position of power and, and uh, you know become a superstar again, whatever it might be. Um, DJ Pitches, maybe maybe send her back to NXT as, as a quote unquote a punishment and have her kind of work her way back up. I like it. I like she should, there should be some consequence to have someone say, like, hey, you've been doing this for so long now. Like we you do, you should be held accountable for that. You should there should be consequences and punishments for that. But man, yeah, that always that always bothers me. Like just no accountability. And then like, Pierce always comes back like the next week. Oh, I can't believe we did that. Like and there you were there. We got uh, DJ says that Pierce made the, the eight man tag night. Yes, he did. So he wasn't there tonight. Oh, man. Uh, but plenty of comparisons here. Someone said this last week as well uh, that Sonia is a lot like Stephanie McMahon, like abusing power and just like doing all these things. Like, 
True, but that's Stephanie McMahon. Like she, like at least that stuff, like that, that makes sense. Like it's Stephanie McMahon. Like Sonya Deville, it's like someone could easily just be like, not someone. Adam Pierce, especially. Like they're supposedly on like fairly equal ground. I don't know. Um, um, I don't want to keep like complaining about it, but like it just bothers me. It's like someone should. Oh, ah, I don't know. But we got Eddie say Mabel. Mabel will do a handicap match next week. Yeah, I feel like they might do a rematch with May Backlash. Hopefully, that'll be the end of it. Like I said, again, that's only like two weeks away. Because, um, yeah, I, I don't really want to see yeah. it going longer. But and Michael was, was some valid points here about the, the reasoning why they, they were reunited, at least for tonight. He says, everybody wants to be a champion. So that could be why they reunited. And it says, plus the marriage last time is over. So Camilla can focus. That was kind of one of the reasons that she uh, was kind of off her game, and that, that's why they lost the titles. That makes sense. They didn't say that. They, they, they didn't explain that reasoning at all. They they simply had them run out, and then they're backstage, and they're like, as John Aziz said, they're on the same page. They didn't explain anything about why they were together. They even acknowledged that they did break up. They're just like, they, I think they're clearly going for, like, they wanted to play off like it never happened when, when it did. Like, you can't just, like, not have that. should mention also Sonya did slap both Selena and Kamala as well. Yeah. Uh, and that to me just seems to suggest that like she's becoming even more uh, power crazed or, or more of an evil boss than ever, I guess. Like there wasn't really much really reading in that, but uh, that does kind of, I don't know, suggest maybe some, some intimidation. Maybe maybe that's why nobody wants to step up or I don't know. But I do hope this will, as you said, John, this will end with her being removed from that position of power because I think it's long overdue. I'm looking at my notes. Not a whole, whole lot otherwise. We had a brief promo with the Street Profits saying they got next for the whoever wins the tag telegification. That'll be wrestling a backlash again with Mandy Ward and getting the win tonight. I kind of thought, like, I don't know. We had Ward winning tonight. Riddle won on SmackDown, I believe. Probably not quite positive there. Um, but I feel like Archer Bro has been getting the better of the two. Like, the Usos won the first night when they, like, super kicked him, but otherwise it feels like Archer Bro has been. Um, kind of getting better hand by and large. So now I'm wondering if uh, the Usos will win. And in that case, like, could we see Archie Bro split up? Because, like, and if that happens, that'd be crazy. You got, you really went literally said to it all, I love each night. Like, that, he just, he dropped the L word, John. Like, can you imagine, like, the, how heartbreaking it will be when they finally do break up? Like, now I'm actually invested. Like, this, the, it's working, it's good. And now it's like, it's got to happen at some point. So I don't know. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's a good point, but at some point it will happen, and it needs to because that's just how the story works. But how soon is a question that remains to be answered. Yeah, I mean, I do think WrestleMania Backlash could be kind of telling in that sense. Like, if RK Bro wins, I think they'll be pretty safe for a while. If they lose, that would be kind of maybe uh, a chance to at least put some cracks in the foundation a little bit. But still, got, still got a ways to go there. But. Definitely, yeah, worth pointing out. Now, so Randy's saying the friend and the love and smiling and laughing. Like, John, we, you're not talking about like the, the legend killer, the guy that we were watching when we were kids would have never done that. And now, here we are all this time later. Wild times indeed. But with all that being said, returns tonight. Uh, lots of fun stuff to dig into. So, by and large, pretty good show for tonight, all things considered. But, John, what do you think about it? All like, kind of all, all put together here. I'll go with the 7.25. I thought it was a little above average, a pretty decent show with some solid returns and matches that kind of all flowed together pretty well. I would mostly agree. Um, I'm not sure with an 8, even with 
I'll go for like a 7.1, which is pretty high for me, pretty high for me for Raw. Like that's that's pretty good. But yeah, I don't know, like I said, eight from Nesha, seven from Eddie. Uh, pretty good show. We got, and again, right off the bat, we got comments from people saying they seem to enjoy it as well. Um, but yeah, pretty good. Or with a 9, 9.10. That's a pretty high score as well. DJ with a 10 out of 10. Oh my gosh. As I said before, the day I ever get to a 10 out of 10 on Raw, I'm just going to retire. Like, you, you can't beat that. There's, there's, there's no coming back from that. Like, I don't know what it would take. I don't know what it would take. I honestly don't. Um, even, even a nine at this point, like, a nine would be great. But uh, I'm happy with 7.1. Again, there, there are there are times where um, it it feels like it's a far way away from even a seven. So a solid 7.1 is a very welcome change here. Here's something they can keep it up here on the WrestleMania Backlash. We'll be back here Tuesday night to talk about Avian. Mean, okay, DJ points up. Veer, Veer came again tonight. He beat a he beat a local guy. He beat him up. He stretched him. He he, he squashed him. Uh, Veer came. Notable saw, with him. Same old, same old. I thought for a second Rey Mysterio would come out and uh, make the save, but not tonight, at least not tonight. Maybe at some point soon. But Veer, I mean, was looking dominant. One another match. Not much more to it than that. Kevin six point nine though. Again, pretty fair. You know, assessment here of a, a fairly decent episode of Raw. Uh, speaking of Ray, Stephen Wonders, any news about him? I think it was the Wrestling Observer or someone, someone not positive. Someone had reported that uh, he was me- not medically cleared. It was either last week, maybe the week before, whenever he faced Dominic instead. And then I think there was an update that he was, he'd be able to return soon. And the plan would still be that he'll be feuding with, with Veer. Uh, I'm not positive where that came from. I feel like it was Wrestling Observer, but don't quote me on that. Uh, I, do, I, I feel like that's the thing. That well, they both started stem cell treatment, didn't they? Did it? Like a new round? Uh, well, this was two days ago from what I had seen that they had underwent stem cell oh, treatment. I actually missed that. So maybe maybe yeah. that will be behind it then. I, I didn't see the, the specific cause of whatever, like, why ever he wasn't uh, medically cleared. So that, that could, there you go. Uh, in that case, I'm not sure what, what the timeline would be, uh, but I did see that it would he would be able to turn some point soon. That doesn't seem to be all that. No, I'm not saying it's not serious. It's something that, that would keep him on the shelf for a while. Um, so hopefully he'll be back soon and he'll be able to feud with Veer and we'll, we'll go from there. But as I was saying, here we are back on track here. Tuesday, we'll be back here, uh, you and I, John, for the next post show. Robert and I should be, able, should be able to do the post show for Friday this week. Schedule seems clear, so we'll be doing that. Otherwise, two Diamond Dudes and Red Page Marcus Dominic cover all things AEW. So make sure to check that out as well. Otherwise, a great stream of interviews. Counting on you guys. Bill Perry previously interviewed uh, Mike Bailey. Uh, Tasha Steele's over in Impact. Much of the other ones as well. Stuff counting on you guys. Please leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate it so very much. Thank you for hanging out with us and talking about what actually was a pretty good episode of Raw. And with that being said, John, we come here to, to escape the scary world outside. We come here together to do one thing. Above all, all others, can you tell me what that is? Enjoy wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.